has really been speaking to me in this series who and what the church is because I just I've been going to the word and saying things really in a in a supernatural way about who and what the church is what the church is really here for what the church produces what i mean how blessed that humanity is for the church thank god for the church around the world the church of jesus christ just around the world people's lives being liberated and freed hmm In our foundational text tonight, I want to read in Ephesians 4, and I'm going to go in a little bit different direction as I have each one of these messages. Hebrews 4, or I mean uh, Ephesians 4 and 11. And he himself gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, of the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up. The whole piece here is, is it's, it's like there's not a sentence here. He just keeps going and going and going. And, and what it's about is faith in God. That's what it's about. Who and what is the church? The church is the source for faith, and it's the place to develop faith. It's the source for faith, but it's the place to develop faith. You, you stop and think about the church. I, I mean, when we were in worship, I think I, I worded it this way just a moment ago, that his plan is brilliant. And the more you understand the knowledge of God, you see his plan is so much more brilliant than our natural minds can even fathom. Every moment in life that you try to step outside of his brilliance and into your ability to make something happen, it's called unbelief. It's called not believing. It's called not trusting. Everybody's been there. Everybody, everybody has pockets of that still that you're working through. Everybody's got issues that you're still working through. And who and what is the church? It's where the source of faith comes from because of the word that's taught that you won't get anywhere else. You won't get that anywhere else but the church. But the deal with that is, and I don't usually word things like this, but I'm, I'm real passionate about what I'm fixing to say. You won't get that 
in every congregation of people. You won't get faith. If you... If you're being taught something and then what you're taught as you begin to apply it, you don't see it working. We're going to look at tonight why it's vital that you're not moved by what seems or appears to be working, but that you're only moved by what God says. That's what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be that. But millions of people, millions upon millions of people don't see it that way. Could all of those millions of people be wrong? (laughs) Everybody laugh. (laughs) Could all those people be wrong that don't see it like what I just said? Okay? We've got to find out if that's true in the Word. Romans chapter 3. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3. For what if some did not believe? Question mark. Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God or the... the, the 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 true Greek there is the faith of God. Will their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? I want you to think about this statement for a minute. So, if you don't believe... Does it change the faith of God if you don't believe? What are we talking about? Who and what the church is, what the church is to bring to the table. What's the purpose of the church? What what has to come through what Jesus is building? He said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. But it takes a believing church. And you have to develop faith in God. It has to be developed. So, in other words, when you don't get results, you and I, when we don't get results, did faith not work? We have to look at it, and, and, and I'm, when I was looking at this verse of Scripture, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking, I've kind of never seen it quite like this until I begin to dig this out. So he says in this third verse, for what if some don't believe? Will their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Question mark. Two questions. You have to answer that. 
All of us. Everybody sitting in here, if you've walked with God any time at all, you've seen things not work. I promise you, if you, in the times you walked without God, you saw a lot not work. Faith comes how? By hearing. So, the thing I can't ever quit doing is hearing the Word so that I begin to have the ability to hear Him. Because hearing here, like what I'm ministering to you tonight, will produce the ability to hear from Him. So, back to our two questions. And He answers them. And the two words in the New King James is, certainly not. Certainly not what? That if I don't get answers to my prayers or what I'm standing for, that doesn't change the faith of God. He asked the question, what if somebody doesn't believe? Will that change the faith of God? I'm going to just quickly not tell you what each of them are, but I'm going to quickly give you a number of different translations for those two words. The New King James is certainly not. By no means. Another translation. Another translation, no way. Another one, may it never be. Another one, absolutely not. And a last one, it can't. Your and my unbelief cannot change the faith of God because God's the same yesterday, today, forever. If He said it, done. We just don't quit. We just keep hearing, declaring, developing a belief system, learning how to hear God so that faith works. Because faith works. (laughs) But whether it works in me or not, is determined on how I respond to what doesn't work or appear like it's not working. Why? Because we're developing faith in God. We're developing a belief system over time, and you can't develop that belief system in, a, in just a few days, a few weeks, a few months. You have to become sold out, however long that takes for you to be sold out, and then you can never quit. Never. Think of it like this. You get off of faith in God, and we're going to define what that is and what it isn't deeper but you get off of faith in God, you get away from developing faith in God, then there is, then there is no pleasing God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So without the development of faith, there's no pleasing God. No matter what you do, how good you try to be, if it's not in faith, there's no pleasing God. But then, there's no salvation for we're saved by faith. 
right? We're healed by faith. If you're saved, then you're healed, and you got saved by faith because of the grace of God. Many people have made a confession with their mouth and they never believed. Many people around on the planet, even walking around today, you can't make a confession and not believe and be, and be born again. It doesn't work that way. I'm telling you, his plan is brilliant. It's brilliant. But, but how much faith do you have to have to get saved? <laughs> faith as the smallest seed the smallest amount, just God in my head screaming one way, but I say, I believe. Accept me, and he accepts you. Because once you do that, what happens supernaturally inside of you shows you something about what faith really is at that infant level. And we just can't quit, right? We prosper, how? By trusting what the promises of God say, have faith in those promises, and do what He says. Without faith, you leave faith. You alienate yourself from the word that you're hearing preached. And you get yourself in a place of unbelief. And we're going to read some other verses of Scripture that talk about the results of that. First Timothy 1 and verse 4. We're talking about who and what is the church. And when you see the benefit of the church and you understand what Jesus is building, he's building people of faith. Doubt and unbelief that is being taught to your life that you open up and accept because it relates to an area of your life that you didn't see results in, and there's a lot of it out there, will create destruction. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 4. Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Because what does the Word do that develops faith? It edifies. It builds up. It matures. It strengthens. It builds you to another level. But if you pay attention to fables and endless genealogies and endless understanding that will not develop and encourage you in faith. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. From sincere faith. And actually, there's not sincere faith, and then fake faith. There's no such thing. You can't call faith fake because <laughs> it's not faith. You can call it presumption or you can call it an attempt at faith, 
But if it's not faith, it doesn't produce. And sincere faith, as he's talking about right here, produces in us the results that we're looking for. How many are looking for results? I'm telling you tonight, all I want is results. Where does it come from? Faith in God. It comes from faith in God. Because faith builds and strengthens and empowers you to overcome because you'll never overcome whatever you face today without faith in God. You'll never overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world and everything in the world, even our faith. The development of our faith that he overcame and now he's positioned me and I overcome like he overcame. He's the, he came here on this planet. God, his plan was so brilliant that, he, that he, he, he came to this earth, one of the three parts of the triune being of God, came to the earth, became a man, a person, a human being, so that we could relate to what he went through and experience the same victories that he experienced, and he never ever missed it. Never. And he's that example for you and I. He's the one that came to be the example that you can actually do it. So when it seems like you can't, your faith has to be in the fact that he did it and you can So, I'm going to say this. I'll get to the end of this message and some of these things that I'm saying that seem a little whatever. You'll you'll understand why I'm saying it. But I'm going to say this. There's truth, and then there's truth that is watered down. Okay, get me when I say this. Here, we preach truth. And I'm not thinking of anybody else that doesn't. I'm not thinking, I'm not saying I preach truth and other people don't. But I'm telling you, we preach truth. I mean, what would you want to hear from me? That I preach truth or that I'm trying? Because we're going to look at that trying mess here in a minute, and the trying mess doesn't get you anywhere. We preach the truth on purpose because the truth will make you free, empower you to overcome. What you listen to will determine your future, what you're paying attention to. And I, I just tell you right now, everything that's going on, on the, in, in the earth, everything that's going on on this planet is to get you distracted and get your mind away from truth. But I'm telling you, when you come in here on a Wednesday night like right now, this is truth. And this will set you free. It's not how good I'm preaching it. It has nothing to do with that per se. But what it has to do with is you believing that I believe what I'm telling you. 
The Bible says you have to believe in those that bring you the truth. So you got to believe, I believe this. I'm not just saying this. I'm not just going through the motions of this. I believe this, and this will set you free. That doesn't mean I'm free in every area of my life and everything's perfect. That it doesn't mean that. That means that's the direction I'm heading. Old things are passed away. Everything's brand new today. And where I'm going is where he wants me going. And that's what I'm giving you. Every time you walk in these doors, you'll get the truth. You'll get the truth. No question. So remember I made that statement. Could millions of people on this planet right now, there's, how many are on the planet? Six billion? We're up to that? Four, five or six billion? Oh, six billion on the planet? So could millions of people on the planet right now, in the name of Christianity, not be in a place of belief where truth is concerned? Watch this verse, and I'm just putting it out there. You can meditate on it. You can see if it relates to what I'm saying. You can allow it to bear witness. I know it does, but you let it bear witness. Matthew 7 and verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to what? Life. What brings life? The light of God's Word. So the opposite of life is death and destruction. Many are finding that death and destruction path because they're not doing something with the truth. We live in the greatest time ever to be alive. And when I say that, I don't have to see any positive results at all. I just know this is a God time to live. Hmm? When I'm weak, he's strong. <laughs> huh? When I don't know what to do and it looks like things are not right, he's got the answers. What I've been, what I've been doing for the last 44 years is I've been developing my ability to hear his voice do what he says and forget the rest. That's what we have to do. But could millions of people be in that broad way that he said many people go? Now see, the first thought is that we're judgmental about people. That's the first thought. And if that's your thought, you need to get rid of that. Because what that says to me is, I need to be on my knees more. I need to be praying for people in a greater way. And not just people that are believing the same thing I'm, but I'm talking about the people that aren't believing what I believe. Because I know what I'm believing produces. It's faith in God. It's truth. And I want that, and I want you to believe that you have that and are getting that and receiving that so it will produce day to day in your life. We have to be in that position. We have to be there. 
Because, because this broad way, this broad way produces destruction. It's the narrow way of developing a belief system that very few can handle, is what he said, very few can handle it, but I'm believing more beginning to handle it because the other way isn't working. And it's, and it's not working in a huge way. And it's not enough just to see a tide turning or something, you know, in, in, in the, in maybe in the political realm or the, the government realm or, or, or in, in, in other areas of the natural. It's not enough just for a tide to be turning. We don't have to see anything to know what we believe, but we know what we believe is changing. It's a fine line. It's not like I'm not expecting to see things, but I don't have to see things because seeing things has deceived me in days past. Well, if I see that happen, then I'll believe. But I wasn't really thinking that. I wasn't thinking I was looking at it that way, but I was. So, I wrote this down. Trying to live by faith says this. Trying to live by faith says what I'm going to say right here. That you don't know what you don't know, but you think you do. You don't know what you don't know, but you think you do. When you're trying to live by faith. Because trying is going to come to an end. The enemy, if you're just trying, and you're giving it a shot, he's going to make sure it doesn't hit the mark. He'll do all kinds of things. Can, can the enemy do that? Yeah. Through deception. Through getting you to believe that because you didn't see something happen and you put your faith out there and you were believing God and you were declaring the word of God and all those things and you didn't see something happen, if, they, if that's all it takes in your development system, you'll come to the end. And you know, what, you, you know what, why you think you will have it? Because your doctrine will change. When a person believes for healing in their bodies, say the first time they've ever started believing God for healing, and they don't see the healing, and something happens, and they, you know, I mean, there, I saw a lot of people through the years do things like, well, I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm just believing God. Believing, believing, believing really, real hard and trying to believe God and I'm, I'm not going to the doctor. Well, what the problem was they didn't know how to hear from God because maybe in those situations, God wanted you to go into the doctor. But they, they heard faith taught and so now they're going to try to put faith to work. That's, that's natural. I've done it. I mean, I did it a number of different times, especially in my early years of walking. Potentially got discouraged, but I knew it was going to work. I don't know why. 
I never thought about quitting. Have we? I mean, in all the years, quitting never was an option. It just never was. I, 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 don't, I don't know why I see it that way, but I've had so much confidence that if he said it, it will come to pass. I'm so thankful that my early years of salvation, I, had, I was listening to people and paying attention to people that were teaching faith. Man, I'm so grateful for that. I didn't have to unlearn a bunch of unbelief and a bunch of stuff. But, but, what, but, but trying to develop it, it puts you in a place where you can become convinced that that doesn't work. You know, I don't go around looking for anything from anybody. One of the things that I pray for every day, when I pray for gates of the city, I pray for every person. Can you do that? I do. Because this is the way I word it. I say, Father, I pray for the gates family. Those that used to come. I pray for those that just left. I pray for those who are here. I pray for those who are thinking about coming. And I pray for those who haven't even thought about it yet. Can you do that? I do. Every day. Believe in it. You know? And what was I saying? I was telling that great story right there. Where was I going? <laughs> yeah. Mm, not quitting. But <laughs> that was a great story. That was a great story, though, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> Huh? What I was talking about was trying, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, oh, yes. Thank you. Got it. Woo! Way to go, Jessica. <clears throat> so, so, I pray for people that used to be here, but inevitably, I'll, I will, somebody will come, somebody just, and if you've done it, whatever, it doesn't matter, but constantly I get a report. I mean, constantly. Maybe every couple of months or Maybe it'll go six months and I won't get it, but I'll get another one about a report about somebody that used to be here that is critical of what we teach. I can't tell you how many I've heard of that through the years, you know? And I think to myself, what are we teaching that you can be critical about? But it's because... 
how people don't have an understanding of what faith really is. I'll just tell you this. Pastoring this church for a number of years, I didn't realize how much people didn't understand what I was teaching. I didn't realize that. I thought people were getting it. And to teach this, it takes time to develop. So anybody that has left here that thinks that faith doesn't matter, my prayers are working for them. They don't have to come back here. Just get somewhere where they're teaching faith. Don't exit here and go find some place that's going to teach watered-down truth. Don't do that. We teach the truth. I'm not saying anybody else does. I, I'm, I'm not judging what anybody else does. That's not what I'm saying. But don't leave here and exit this place and go find something that's going to make you feel okay about what didn't work. That's what we're up against on this planet with the church. Because there's so much watered-down truth that people are struggling today in the midst of everything that we're facing to have true faith. The church is the source of faith and the place to develop it. You don't have to be perfect, but develop it. Work on it. Work it out. Amen? Do not allow yourself to give in to lies of the enemy that will take you away from faith and allow you to be a casualty that he's talking about here. Keep developing it. Keep pressing in. Do not back off. Now, I'm going to end with this. I want to read these two stories to you from the Bible, and I want to show you what I'm talking about. First one's in Acts chapter 19 and verse 13. It says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did also. So they did, they, the sons did the same thing. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And for the sake of time, I'm just adding this, but I know you know this is true. Jesus I know is because he lives by faith. Paul I know because he lives by faith too. <laughs> but who the heck are you? I added the heck. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. <clears throat> so, from this story right here, could you see something that didn't work? Why? 
there wasn't real faith in the people that were exercising. So can you see, well, that deliverance stuff doesn't work. Right? I mean, they left wounded. (laughs) Right? No clothes on. Fleeing. Because of what happened, they saw someone else do it. They didn't take time to develop it within themselves, and it produced some destruction and probably some discouragement and probably some alienating themselves from any kind of teaching like that Apostle Paul Frico guy. And again, it's like believing for healing, not seeing healing manifest, and then developing your thinking, well, God doesn't heal, or God doesn't heal everyone. It's because there's not faith in the God that saved you, because the God that saved you healed you. And, 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 and you understand, people have to develop into that, but you have to develop a faith and a confidence that God will do that. Until then, there may be a number of things that you have to do in the natural that are apart from you just believing. And a lot of people have been mistaken over that. But just because something doesn't happen to somebody, first passage or second passage that we read, doesn't nullify the faith of God. This last passage, number of verses, but I just want to read it because I want you, you, it's a familiar story, but I want to read it. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. Uh, Where am I? I'm in Mark 9 and verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever, wherever, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Everybody say they could not. Okay? Now, and, and I'll show you this in a moment, and, and, I, and I'm just going to remind you this as I, as I end this message tonight. It's not just that they didn't have faith in this situation. Could it be that just because there was a need, that wasn't necessarily the will of God. That's why we have to, what faith develops is the ability to hear what God wants you to do. Jesus didn't heal everybody. The Scripture says there are people He couldn't heal because Father didn't tell Him. He couldn't heal because He was the Son of God. He healed because of the presence of God inside of Him as the Son of Man perfect example for you and I to follow after, to do what he did. Many people in his hometown didn't get healed when he came around. Why? 
their unbelief, but because Father didn't tell him to do it. And in this situation right here, good possibility Father never told them to do just because there was a need. We have to develop faith, and we have to develop the ability to hear God so we can have faith in what He tells us to do and do it. Mm. So then Jesus, when, when He found this out, He answered and He said, O faithless generation. What does that mean? That means no faith. How long shall I be with you? This is Jesus. This is Jesus saying it, right? Jesus, who's the head of the body. Jesus is saying, no faith. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately, watch this, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, I have compassion on you. No. He said, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. What is he saying? If you can have faith that this can work, it'll work. Jesus said that. I mean, this kid's on the ground. I mean, knocking around everywhere, and Jesus is having a conversation with the Father. I mean, think of it. He's right here, and Jesus is having a conversation with his Father. He's not moved by that. Part of what I feel like Jesus was doing was finding out what was the will of God in this situation. Jesus was never quick to do something because of a need. Never. Right? Never. And now he tells this guy, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That was the right answer. <laughs> I mean, the guy said the right thing. He was honest from his heart. Lord, I, I'm struggling. That's what I said to you earlier. It, it, it's, you have to have faith as a little bitty seed in any situation. If you have any kind of faith, Lord, I believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. Meaning, his head screaming out saying, how can this be? It's impossible. I've seen him since he was a kid. He's thrown himself. This, these demonic spirits have taken over his life. How can this happen? I brought him to your disciples. And those idiots couldn't do a thing. Right? And Jesus said, Oh, faithless, no faith generation. We can't have that in this country or on this planet. We have a responsibility to live by faith, develop faith, and allow other people's lives to be touched and developed because of what we believe in. And then we got to pray for the nations. You know why? Because there's a promise in the Psalms that said he gives us the nations. As our inheritance, the nations are ours, but it has to come by faith.
It has to come by faith. What is the church here for? Who and what is the church? It's the source of faith, and it's the place to develop faith. And this isn't, I'll try it for a while. This is for the rest of your life, developing a life of faith. Can you say amen to that? He said, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him and became as one dead, so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out by nothing, by what? Prayer. And here's a better definition than fasting. Prayer and separation. Being separated to God. Fasting separates you from things, and what this word actually is defined as is a place of separation. Things like this don't happen. Faith doesn't work if you're not praying, consecrating yourself to the will of God, and separating yourself on a daily basis, giving yourself to the Word so that the Word becomes the final authority that settles every issue that you have in your life. I don't care what it is. Every issue, it settles it. Done. And, 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 and that is a constant what? Fight. Paul said, fight the good fight against the devil. The good fight of developing faith. Trust and confidence in God. Fight that faith and that fight, fight the fight of faith and don't stop. Can you say amen to that? Man, I, I tell you, I, I, have, I have this word ready since Monday and I just couldn't wait for Wednesday to get here. Because, man, I wanted to preach this. And you know, it's funny. I preached it, I preached little pieces of it to two different pastors they called me. They shouldn't have called me. Because <laughs> they got an earful. Because I was built up and ready. And I shared some things. But, but because God told me to. They called on purpose. And God had, what God had given me, he'll always make sure he's got people around. Because this is not for us. It's for everybody. You understand? What we're talking about is for the world, for the planet. We don't want millions of unbelieving people. We want people believing the word. So it starts with you. Put your hand on yourself and say, I am an ambassador of faith. Amen. You are an ambassador of faith. It's your responsibility to rise up and believe this stuff so that people see you really believe this. And it's real. Amen. And we make a difference. Don't run from anything, folks. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what you're faced with. Do not run from anything. 
Now listen to me. And don't be afraid of this. The worst thing that could happen to you is you die because you stand up for God and you're face to face with Jesus. <laughs> that's the worst thing that could happen to you. So if that's the worst thing that happened to you, then you don't have to be afraid of dying so you can live. People that die are the ones that are afraid of dying. See, Jesus was never taken out, ever. Wherever he went, he was never taken out. The apostle Paul wasn't taken out until he was finished. Because of his faith in God. Remember, the worst thing that can happen to you is you're talking to him. It's a win-win. So I don't know about you, but I'm sold out to live here. I'm staying here. I'm going to be that living example. I want more of this. Amen.